Welcome to Emma's podcast. In today's podcast, we'll continue our series for business breakthrough. And I have the honor to have Bill Steele, if I'm correct when I say that, who's the CEO of uh, Space International. Uh, uh, well, actually, it's a uh, subtext. Uh, my company is called Subtext Solution. Thank um, you. Inc. And it's a communication coaching um, uh, company that specializes in team trainings and corporate um, uh, team effectiveness. And one of the things I specialize in is uh, emotional intelligence. Why Mm -hmm. do people think the way they do? Why do people behave the way they do and how a person's beliefs affect uh, how they think and how they behave both in their personal life and in their business life. So people come to me for either coaching or training. Those are the two and the, that they come from. And it seems like they come out transformed no matter what. If it's uh, the coaching or the training, you come out transformed. Transform. Now, yes. first question I have for you. Sure. What did you get it started? What ah. got you to get there? Because I am curious. That is a fantastic. I, I started out um, as a high, like an, uh, I started out as an educator that studied um, brain, uh, how the brain worked, why thinking takes place the way it does. How can my students learn better? Why do people think the way they do? That was kind of like the original question that I started with. And this is like a long time ago. So I started with this question over 30 years ago. Why, why do people think differently? And I came up and, I've, and I ran into a couple really wonderful, not, uh, wonderful model that really talks about thinking styles based on vocabulary. And that if you think a certain word, guess what you do? Your behavior or your, your actions or your vocabulary follow that word. So for example, realistic. If somebody thinks in a realistic way, well, guess what? They're guess what's going to happen to creativity? Creativity is going to fall back a little bit. But if you put creativity in front of the word realistic, then open-mindedness is going to show up a little bit more rather than facts and accuracy. So our vocabulary kind of um, are they're like blinders on the way we mm-hmm. see and communicate in the world. So. The challenge then um, is that how do you not only use the blinders that you have, mm-hmm. but also see what other people's blinders are and adjust your communication so you can be <laughs> seen and heard with those different people. <laughs> and I, I'm now guessing that we're going to have a wonderful discussion about how that might then the multiple stories that can come about, you know, with that. Because exactly. Yeah. So how did you, you know, because you're studying this and you, you, you saw there was a need, how were you able to market it? Because 27 years ago or plus or less, given tech, you still look exer- extremely handsome. Let me say this. Thank so you. I don't know how old you are, but <laughs> maybe you started when you were 10. Let's put it there, this way. But um, I'm curious to know, how did you market it? Because you had that idea, but it was like two decades ago. How did you 
how were you able to get it going? Because Ooh, that is a, new. That's a good, that's a good way to, uh, that's a good question to, uh, to ask about marketing because marketing something that everyone needs mm-hmm. is really hard. You have to like pick, but then as soon as you pick, then you have to let go of. Okay. See how that one works. So, yes. so what happens is, is that what I wound up doing first, what was closest to me. So what was closest to me at that time was education. That was the thing that was closest to me. So I did a lot of teacher trainings, a lot of educational summits, a lot of education, education, education. And I spent time really basically in the nineties working in education, accelerated learning. In fact, the state of Michigan hired me to put 13 high performance computer labs throughout the state so that students can learn quicker. And so uh, how do you get students to learn quicker? Well, they got to know themselves. Mm -hmm. They have to deal with their emotions Mm -hmm. and they have to change their beliefs adjust yes. and change your beliefs. So those were always the three questions. Those are the, they're, they're, they're called the three foundational questions of communication. What's the, how, what is the thinking vocabulary? Mm-hmm. What needs are driving the emotion of the person and what beliefs are getting in their way or need to be swapped out because our beliefs are, are uh, the best way I can describe our beliefs is that they're, like a foot on the brake of a mountain road. You need your beliefs to sort of not let you go off the cliff. Because if you get rid of some of your beliefs, Mm -hmm. people get very depressed when all of a sudden the way they saw the world is not the way they see the world anymore. It just like messes with their physiology. And this is why change is hard. You've got to have some willingness to let go of limiting beliefs and adjust those things. So that's what people hire me to do. So, yes, it's basically clean it up, bring emptiness, because I think emptiness, people are so tied to their beliefs. And that is very hard to just say, and what else? What am I going to do? Afraid of the unknown. Yes, you've got to be able to swap the safest way to do it, and Emma, that's the thing that, to really to get a hold of here, is don't try to change a belief. Tr- look to swap a belief out with something that you can, that helps you. Because it's getting rid of a belief or the word emptiness that you use actually got me a little scared there. Because if you take the belief off and then there's nothing to replace it, it's like you're standing at a precipice of a cliff. And that's what most people are afraid of. That's because you're correct. removing you're removing something and they, they think there is emptiness when there is none. No, there's so there is something on the other side of it, but yes. as soon as you take it out, they're going like, no, I'm going back the other way. Exactly. You know, they're gonna like <laughs> they're gonna click back. I know they're yes, because that's the, the reflex. Because beliefs and certain mindsets meet some very, very important needs of us as human beings. Mm-hmm. They meet the need for certainty stability, predictability. Now here Mm -hmm. comes the next ones. Watch this community, acceptance, Mm -hmm. belonging, family, spirituality. Do you see what I just did? Yes. Now you're going to ask me to swap out a belief. Mm -hmm. My family's going to hate me. My (laughs) church is going to reject me. My, 
just see what just see what how that works yes you know so 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 that's the thing to get a hold of mm-hmm. and that's the hardest part i'm seeing in people even close to me who would not change their belief because they were afraid it's like i live for so long with that it's part of me you're telling me to just like it feels like cutting a limb and it's like no it's not it's just changing for something else it's not the emptiness but they're afraid of what else if i wake up tomorrow and i don't have it what else that's correct that's the belief Mm -hmm. so how did you move from the teaching area to the corporate how was that journey because you started with what you knew which was teaching and how how did you do the leap um so so the so the leaf took place because once I was doing education, then people started saying, can you do my training? Could you do this training in my company? Mm-hmm. And my husband needs this at his work. My wife needs this in her HR thing, whatever, mm-hmm. the, whatever the business was. Then all of a sudden I started doing business trainings. And so the switch took place because not only do I know knew through the survey that I give what the person's thinking style is, but I was able to do also do a team analysis is here's how all the team thinks. So that basically after a day long training, the company reduces the tension in the workplace about one third of the emotion drops. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not bugged by Joe in accounting. Nope. Joe in accounting is keeping numbers for you. Mm-hmm. You're not, you don't, you don't get mad at Susie and HR. Mm-hmm. She's the person that hires talent. Yeah. That's her job is to interview people. You don't get mad at, you know, Zach in finance. He's talking about the numbers. He's the mm-hmm. CFO. He wants to make sure that you're profitable. You don't get mad at Jerry and uh, marketing. He's just looking for eyeballs. He's spending mm-hmm. money to look for eyeballs so he can hand it to, you know, Rebecca in sales. So yep. she can talk to those people. And so those are, those are all the, the handoff pieces of a, mm-hmm. a well, uh, a, a strong, effective, collaborative team. It's called the magic seven, the magic seven executives. So okay. each one of those executives are going to have a different worldview and yes. they're going to have a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. So if one person thinks logical and analytical, that might be your CFO. Okay. Whereas somebody that thinks interpersonal and is built on relationships, that's your HR person. Mm-hmm. If somebody's thinking creatively, that's going to be your marketing person. Yep. If somebody is going to think operationally or in order or sequence or implementation, that is your COO. That's mm-hmm. your operations person. Yep. Your salesperson has to talk nice to people, but they've got to get a check as quickly as possible. Yes. So that sales is a relationship between the um, sales is between the relationship that you build with the customer and how quickly can you get them to give you a check? Exactly. To things. The IT person has to think. Mm -hmm. And then the CEO sits in the middle. The CEO's job is to stay is the center of the wheel. The CEO 
has got to be a multi-dominant thinker that is able to think and communicate with each person and lead them. But usually a CEO is not great at any one of those things. No, they're right in the middle. Yeah, And it's kind of hard talking to them because they're waiting for you to tell you what your, them, what your strength is. And then they'll talk to you from that position. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, so, so that's what really basically what my early, the, the 2000s and the 2010s have been, is been business development for entrepreneurs, business development for um uh, for uh, companies that are two to $10 million and then business development for some high uh, uh, ticket priced, uh, you know, high, uh, a, a large companies that also bring me in to do executive team training or to do uh, destination strategy sessions. So I'll go do a destination strategy session, maybe four times a year okay. with different companies. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's team training and then there's, you know, how do you get to hire the right person and how do you know it's the right person? That is the key as well. And I think it's one of the biggest challenges as well when and how to hire the right person, because right. not everybody is very good at, uh, it's not only interviewing, but it's reading between the lines and it's reading the person is being able to know if at the end of the day, that person's going to stay or not. Or, you know, it's an investment. So it's a bit challenging. Yeah, it's about somewhere between fifty to $75,000 to hire and rehire yeah. a person is what it costs and time and energy before mm-hmm. they're profitable or start, before they start adding back to the company in the first six months. Mm-hmm. So, so the burn rate of how much money you're spending up in the front, that's why employee intention, attent, intention attention retention there there's the word <laughs> employee retention yes. is the uh, what's so valuable is mm-hmm. that you cuz you don't want to have hire somebody every 6 months right you got to exactly. get at least yes. a 3 yes. year run out of them you know before you either promote them inside mm-hmm. that's what the smart you know the business owner does is just who do i have here and how can i retrain them for the next position so they don't go anywhere Exactly. You have to keep it them challenged. You have to keep it an uh, open mind, but it's very hard. But w- what have been your biggest challenge uh, talking with other CEOs and business owners? What have been, what have you seen on the top, maybe five biggest challenge you had throughout the uh, year? I would say something that, that just come as, you know, always come back for some reason. <laughs> the top, uh, the top challenge right at the top is, um, has to do with their beliefs about really kind of two things, their beliefs about um, their career and their successes of their careers and how they got them. Okay. That's an obstacle because mm-hmm. people then say, I know things, but what happens if you only know this much? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know something, but it's not like this much. Yep. You know, and the and this is called the driver's license effect. The driver's license effect is is that because I have a driver's license, I have the belief that I'm a good or great driver. Mm-hmm. You ask most people, survey seventy five percent say they're good or great. They don't say I'm average. 
because they have a driver's license. It depends now, on I, the day I will say for me. Huh? It depends on the day I will say for me. <laughs> that's of the day for you, right? So yes. that's so that's that's <laughs> challenge number one is that they have they have the belief that they have the wisdom, knowledge, and experience about their career. The mm-hmm. second one is that they have a belief about them being a good or great communicator. Most people are not good and great communicators Uh, (laughs) and it's not their fault. Actually, the problem has to do with the way language is constructed. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example of that so we can have a little fun. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, When I'm going to give you a word and there are four different definitions for this word. So if I go into an executive group, they are going to give me, I'll, I'll easily get the four different definitions. But as soon as I ask the one, this one question, it immediately tells me what their worldview is. Okay. Here it comes. Here's the word. The word is planning. What is your definition of the word planning? What would you say planning means to you? Oh God. Uh, Planning. uh, Oh, that's a good question. I will say that 80% of what I do is planned, 20% is not. Meaning right. I know what I'm going to be doing on some level every day, but there is 20% I don't know. But the 80% is my task of what I'm supposed to be doing every day. Congratulations. You just told me what your thinking style was and how your emotions work. Okay. Okay. Here it comes. You ready? Go ahead. Your worldview is a little bit more tactical. Here's Mm -hmm. my day-to-day things. So you're going to do a to-do list. You're either using numbers or dashes. You might be using bullets, but I'm not sure. Are are you more a numbers gal or are you more a dashes gal? I'm a number. Numbers gal. So you Mm -hmm. have a strong sense of sequence and you implement things really well. You leave yes, a little bit of flexibility after step five, six, or seven, but, oh, yeah. but you have the, at least the first five to seven structured. Yes, I do. Okay. Now that tells me another thing about your emotional world. This is when it gets really fun. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. When things are not meeting the need for order, you're going to start the feeling of, frustration or maybe a little irritation or a little hesitancy because you're not getting into the structure of things and things are not going the way you planned them to. So there's going to be a general sense of frustration because those words, order, structure, uh, planning, maybe stability, all those things are more to the top of your vocabulary list. You like that. Now, it doesn't mean that's all the things that are at the top of the list. I don't. These are some things that are at the top of the list because I know there's some other ones because you mentioned them earlier in our conversation. Yes. And I agree with you, especially when I'm done to working. It's well, this is how I've been brought up too. So the order is one thing that always been there, which you know what? It's not that bad because. No, it's not bad. Yeah, because I work in the, I, I like the agile world better than the waterfall. But um, because there is a flexibility, <laughs> and you mentioned that earlier in the mentioned that earlier because the when you lit up as soon as I mentioned the word creativity, so I knew that you yeah. had 
the consulting yeah. flexibility part of it, you have at least in touch with holistic mm-hmm. and creative thinking. I know that you're in touch with those, but those two parts of you battle each other from time to time. Shall I be oh, creative? Yeah. Shall I be structured? Shall I be creative? Shall I be structured? So you have the, a little bit. That's of the, the Gemini. That's the Gemini side of me. <laughs> There's, that is what a Gemini dialogue is, is that I have two different parts of me. You have the intellect and you have the dreamer. And you try to combine both of them together, right, one with the other. Right. There you go. So <laughs> now all of a sudden we have the feeling of torn or hesitant yes. or confused that you may experience from time to time. Oh, yeah. And, and things. Now, let's return to our word planning, because yes. we just talked about one fourth of planning, which is called tactical. Mm-hmm. Opposite of tactical is future oriented planning, and that's called strategic. And this is when your consultant brain goes on. I'm going to present a strategy to you, but I'm Mm -hmm. also going to give you the plans that follow behind that. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes. Now, all of a sudden, those are part of what I would call your two superpowers. You have Mm -hmm. this strategic way of approaching planning, and you have this implementation Mm-hmm. A structured way. Therefore, you can take other entrepreneurs and you can help them crazy, creative people and you can yep. drag them down to a plan yep. to get their ideas done. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. Awesome. So those are two different kinds of planning. Mm-hmm. There's two more kinds. And one other kind has to do with has to do with the rational or analytical self and that's called financial or technical planning financial technical and then the opposite of financial technical is sales planning which is called people planning or hr planning which is called talent planning yes talent planning is people planning it doesn't have anything to do with tactics mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. have anything necessarily to do with strategy and if not done very well, it completely will affect the financial piece. Yes, right? absolutely. So, so notice from one word planning, the world of conflict opens up in front of us. Mm-hmm. Which way's right? They're all right. <laughs> yeah, you cannot pick and choose. Or if you no. do, then you're gonna you're minimizing the others. I think everybody, everything has to be. Yeah. You've got to have awareness and the ability to talk between those four points of view. And that's the biggest things I noticed when I worked in corporate, even as a consulting person, I have noticed the first thing when I work in corporate is the lack of communication. They struggle with communication. Uh-huh. And remember, Emma, the communications always coming through those three windows, mm-hmm. thinking communication needs or behavioral communication, which is where emotional intelligence shows up. Mm -hmm. And then belief communication, those three communication pieces is what I, is what I help the consultants that I train, the uh, executives that I coach and the groups that I present to, I try to get them to just take a half step back and, and yes. realize that your driver's license mm-hmm. on communication doesn't mean you're a good communicator. No, nope. it just means that you've developed some strategies and tactics that have worked up mm-hmm. to this point. 
yes. good or bad is not a part of it. Excellent. No way. There's no way they're excellent. Cause I know as, as somebody that does that level of communication that I can say one sentence and it will upset them and they have no way to get back. Even if I make up the sentence, and it's not a sentence that I believe in. Mm-hmm. I can say the sentence. They'll get upset because we have trouble as communicators interpreting what is being said to us. Yes. We take things one way to say it is take things personally, but it's really Mm -hmm. I'm taking things and I'm getting my buttons pushed and my emotions come up and then I'm lost. And so that's the second part of the tool that I teach. I teach why do people think the way they do in communication? And the second one has to do with how is one emotionally intelligent? Can a person listen to somebody else and have an emotionally intelligent response to that sentence? So we're going to practice with you now. (laughs) And you're going to help me with this. All right. I'm going to make it really easy on you. Okay. okay, good. Tell me something, some, uh, something someone said or even did that really bugged you, that really you still, you're really affected you emotionally. What did someone say or do, or what's a sentence that someone says or does that bugs you? Let's- well, the, the, I would say the closest one that happened lately, somebody was called me. Um, very disrespectfully, um, but not listening what I was saying, actually. They, Good. So, they, they so what me. was the sentence that they said called scolding you or the thing that affected? Um, uh, this one was, what did you say? That uh, I was pushing to get um, a vote or I was I wanted to uh, influence her to vote a certain way. Okay, great. Thank you very much. So now I have two people. This is you over here. Mm-hmm. This is that, that person over here. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're being pushy. You're trying to get me to vote a certain way and mm-hmm. you're trying to, and then they might put a label in here. You're manipulating mm-hmm. me. You're, you're judging mm-hmm. me. You're blah, blah, blah. So they're going to bring those sentences. So that's called the observation, what they are saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, regrettably, your response back to her didn't necessarily get it to go better. The person was still upset and say, no, you're this way, but you could have calmed the person down a little bit, but it's going to be probably different from what I said. So tell me, what did you say back to her when you said you're pushy? She said, you're pushy with I said actually nothing. Great. Did that? And I said, thank you for your feedback with a smile. Thank you for your feedback. And then you walked away. Yep. Great. So you protected yourself. Yes. Thank you for your feedback. And you went on your way. Mm -hmm. That person was left with all of their emotions on their side. Mm hmm. They were still upset. They were still irritated. Now, because you left the way you did and the way you said, thank you, you protected yourself by doing that. 
Now, you were trying to get the person to vote for something, correct? No, I was talking actually, no, I was talking about somebody that was supposed to be coming on board. And I said, uh, we need all of the vote, but I wasn't telling her to vote. I said, this is the right person. We need to, we, we need those votes. But I never said to her, we you have to vote votes, for that person. Right. So she heard, she heard you she say, heard something you need else. those votes is yeah. you have to vote like I do. <laughs> okay. So, so notice that she interpreted it. Now watch, yes. watch my emotionally intelligent response to hers. Watch what happens. You know what? You're, you're trying to push me into vote and you want me to vote for your person. Now I'm going to take a breath here and a little half step back and watch my new sentence. Could you be feeling uncomfortable and you really want to maintain the choice to vote for who you would like to? Is that correct? The person has to say yes. Now what happens is you don't have somebody upset, but somebody that is in the place of a healthy dialogue. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I thought that you were trying to tell me that. Now, do not explain your side. You've got to still use an emotionally intelligent sentence. Here it comes next. Okay. So could you be feeling confused and it wasn't clear to you that I was talking about the group as a whole rather than you personally? Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. You have now gotten your second. Yes. Things are going better for you. You're still not across the line because what will happen with the third sentence is something magical. Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that are talking about this one uh, person to vote for, and I still haven't decided. So could you be feeling hesitant and you want to maintain your choices and you really want to hear both sides before you make your vote? Is that correct? Yes. Now watch what happens next. Would you be willing to work with me? so that we can get a message out. So we're voting for the right person with that. Yes, I will be help. And now I'll help you. I'll be glad to help you go out three lines of emotionally intelligent sentence where a feeling word and a need word are connected together and agreed upon causes a person to be collaborative rather than adversarial. So I've done many High conflict Mm -hmm. mediations where I'm walking into a room in a city council meeting where there's 250 screaming people. I better pick the right words. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had the fortune to have happen to me in the early 2000s was as I met and studied with a international mediator that would fly to war torn countries with a languaging tool. Wow. So the person would fly in. There'd be a languaging effort. We need to talk and reboot these people. There's a lot of pain and suffering going on in here. The, com- the people, the people that are alive here need to get healing because they've lost relatives. Yeah. The other side has killed so-and-so. Mm-hmm. We don't want any more killing to take place. How do we reboot? How do we start over again? How do we restore trust? How do we get physical safety to be met? 
those are some of the primary questions that people need to say, we need to do a better job of communicating with each other rather than shooting each other, rather yeah. than being angry or violent towards another person. That's what we need to do. It's very, very hard. It's very, it's, it's, it is such a struggle. It really is. So having emotionally intelligent tools available to us, what we can then do is do a better job of connecting in a marketing way, in a sales way. So it's not pushy. So, um, and to create better leadership, how do we lead better as individuals or executives? How do we have better relationship with our parents or our kids? Mm -hmm. How do we communicate better with them Mm -hmm. so that there's that uh, next level of understanding or peace or harmony that can really take place because we're being mindful of our word choices. So I'm stirring a whole bunch of questions in your noggin. I'm getting you to smile because you can, you can kind of see the difference. Oh yeah. In the way uh, things now your motive of saying, thank you for your feedback and walking away meets an important need of yours, emotional safety, peace and consideration. You didn't want to get into the battle. You didn't mean it that way. Thank you for your feedback. I got to get out of here because that's a strong way of doing that level of protection and understanding. And it it was really helpful for you in that moment. And you could see with this extra added skill, you know, sort of, of way of speaking, you can actually have turned her into an ally or that person into an ally probably within three to five sentences, that person would have been working together with you and helping and cleaning up the misunderstanding and, and working forward towards the campaign or whatever the thing was you were trying to get election to take place. You get them, you turn them into becoming an ally. You turn them into becoming a, a person that can navigate through mm-hmm. uh, their, their own upset. No, I like it. It's it's a very interesting uh, way and approach. I love the way that we need to learn to communicate. And that's one thing that I always said, we, we are not good communicators and we have to learn. I wish this could be taught in school. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really important thing to be taught in school on a regular basis. Exactly. You know, on our kids need to practice uh, going through conflict instead of either avoiding or escalating into an argument or a fight. Exactly. You know, they, they need to take things a better way. They need to make sure that things happen in a a way that's meaningful and effective. So throughout those years, uh, what is the best um, memory you've got or the best story you've got? I know there must be thousands and thousands of stories, thousands but what are the stories. biggest wins that you ever saw coming or did not even saw coming? Well, I would, I'd have to say that one of my favorite stories that has come out of the experience had to do with uh, something that happened in 2011. So in 2011, um, regrettably, uh, in Flint, Michigan, the water source got changed and people got had got poisoned and it Mm -hmm. really messed up the 
economy and the, the, the individuals. And there's still a problem with it to this day. Mm-hmm. still a problem that they're still working to clean out. Well, I was hired to come in and train the frontline employees who are talking to the citizens that were coming in. What do I say when an angry person shows up at my doorstep? And they say really terrible things. Yeah. And I've got to see 25 of them, 30 of them, 50 of them, of them a day. What do I, how can I have better language to deal with those, those number of people coming in? Okay. So mm-hmm. what I did was train that group of people, 75 people a day, different groups of people for four days. So what's the story then? The story is the first part of the activity was to have them write down the worst things that people have ever said to them and put them on a piece of paper and hang them on the walls around the conference room. The worst things that people have said. So I said, okay, well, my name is Bill Sterley. We're going to work on conflict. This is the first activity. Write them up here, stick them on the wall, and let's see if we can do something about these sentences. Notice I'm stepping into with a certain level of confidence and cure, uh, courageousness right now. Can you see it's like, yeah, you had them do crazy. what? <laughs> you had them write down crappy things? Feel free to use profanity if you need mm-hmm. to and abbreviate if you don't want to put it up there, you know, in <laughs> and say, we'll all know what the profanity word is. Please, you know, star out a couple of the vowels. Yeah. All right. So because it was at the start of the day, I said, listen, we're going to be here this whole day. But by the end of the day, we're going to have a compassionate, empathetic response for every sentence that's hanging on the wall here. We're going to have them. We're going to create them. We're going to write them. You're going to take a picture of them, and then you're going to use them because they work. Every one of the sentences we write down will work. The other person will say a yes to that sentence. And they're going like, this guy's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, okay, I'm going to do one of these sentences that are up here. I'm going to do one. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick the worst one off of the sheet behind over here on the side. I'll, I'll pick one because I know that this tool works and I'm going to teach you. So we're going to do one. All right. So here's what happened. I didn't read any of them before I got there. Okay. I turn around and there's 10 things written on this sheet of paper. 10. I look at the first one at the top and sure enough, that was clearly the hardest one on the top. It was like the first one. It's go like, wow, here's a hard one. (laughs) And then I read through the other ones. I go like, oh, there's some pretty hard ones on this thing. But you know what? I think we're going to do the one at the top because it's hard and I'm not backing away from it. So here's the sentence. The sentence is, you are a racist, exclamation point. Now notice your eyebrows went up. Your mouth tightened up a little bit because Mm -hmm. what the heck do I say back to that sentence that's safe? Here's the other. So I said, okay, before I give you guys the answer, before we work on this, would anybody be willing to give me a a response that might work with the sentence? You are a racist. Anybody want to give me a (laughs) shot at this? And one person raises their hand and goes, 
I know this won't work, but no, I'm not. And a third of the audience chuckled a little bit because that was yeah. theirs. <laughs> and two thirds felt silent because they go like, holy crap, <laughs> you know, please don't call on me. One person raised their hand and said, well, how about this sentence? How about, how about, why do you think I am? Yeah. You know, like, well, you could get them into an intellectual discussion, but do you think they're going to be more mad or less mad? Or I think <laughs> right. it's more. Because all of a sudden they've got to now prove the reason why yeah. you're a racist. You know, like, geez, like I'm now pissed that I've got to like validate it. So what I did next with the group is I, I taught them that, that building a compassionate and empathetic sentence is like filling in a two-part fill-in-the-blank question. That's what it takes to do it. Okay. And this is the root or this is how you can measure on whether or not a person is emotionally intelligent or not. This is how well you can do it is that if they can put fill in these two blanks and they can do it in real time they're going to be an eight nine or ten in emotional intelligence but if they can't do that and they go to problem solving or explanation they're really like a one two and three in emotional intelligence okay they might be a great problem solver but they're not good at emotional intelligence okay so what are these two things what are these two really important things And this is what people hire me to do is to try to give them the answer to deal with conflicts and upsets. How can I deal with conflict though? Okay. So here's, here's the first, the first underline that needs to be filled in is what is the tone, the energy or the emotion that this person is saying the sentence in they're saying the sentence, you are a racist, but is it, you are a racist with anger or is it you are a racist with helplessness? Mm-hmm. What is the tone or the emotion? So what we did was, is we generated four words that would be a fit. Here's the four words. Aggravated, angry, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, helpless, mm-hmm. and furious. Those were yep. the four feeling words. So now all of a sudden your brain is going like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I can see how you are yeah. racist can be said with every one of those tones. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the hard part has to do with what's the motive, which is the second part of the equation. What's the good reason why it's such a strange sentence. Watch how weird this is. What's the good reason why someone called me a racist. What's the good reason. It's not your fault. It's the, how they're defining racism. What's the good reason. So There are, and we came up with, what are the needs that are causing the emotion? So what are the four need words that are activating the four feeling words over here? And here's what the group generated. They generated support because Mm -hmm. the people are coming in for support. Yes. Number two, respect. That's the one that got activated on your, your equation, by the way, need for respect and need for fairness, which is this shouldn't be happening to me. This shouldn't be exactly. happening to the city. Yep. So fairness is there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, justice. Is anybody going to take responsibility for the shit for what just happened? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yep. So notice how in your body, you're in your body as I'm speaking right now, 
you're actually calming down with the sentence about you are a racist because now you're in a position to actually build a compassionate and empathetic sentence. Yes. All right. So are you ready to role play? Okay. Great. All you got to do is point at me. Okay. And say, Bill, you are a racist and we're going to do it four times. Are you ready? Okay. And then whatever I say next, just respond naturally. Okay. Okay. Ready? Go. Bill, you're a racist. So could you be feeling aggravated and you need support from me in a different way? Is that correct? Would you like me to support you in in a different way? Yes, I would like that too. Okay. Notice all of a sudden the emotion dropped. The Mm -hmm. tone of your voice was not aggravated anymore. It was a little more irritated and and clear. Okay. All right. Say it. Say me. Say Bill, you're racist again. Watch (laughs) what I say next. Bill, you're racist. (laughs) So could you be feeling angry because your need for mutual respect is not met? There was something that happened that happened with mutual respect and you like mutual respect between the two of us. Is that correct? Absolutely. You people have just destroyed everything. So yes, I want my respect. Okay. All right. So now all of a sudden the anger has a place to ground to. Now Mm -hmm. does anger shifted to aggravated and irritated in your body. And I didn't do anything except for having different words. (laughs) That's great. Okay. Two more left. Give me, give me another sentence. (laughs) Bill, you're racist. Could you be feeling helpless because this doesn't meet the need for fairness for, for Flint and you would like people to be fair. And this has affected communities of color more than it has affected the major part of town that has new pipes in it. And you'd really like some fairness and you're really feeling pretty helpless about that. Is that correct? Yeah, because we are left alone and we end up always to be the last one. I now hear fairness is that you don't want to be the last one. You want to be the first community that gets water and support and, and consideration to move forward. That's what yes, you like. Exactly. So I really appreciate that. And, and all of a sudden you can see that your tone just went away from helplessness. You actually stepped into optimism. Well, yes. And all we're doing is role-playing here and you're already feeling better. Okay. So give me the last sentence and watch what happens next. Bill, you are a racist. (laughs) Emma, could you be feeling furious because your need for justice might not be met in Flint and you really want people to be held accountable and to be held accountable right now. You would like, the city and the law to be able to bring justice to the people that brought so much pain and suffering to all of us in our community. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And not only this, but I would like to see them going in jail and I want things to be fixed because we still cannot drink. So yes. So justice to you would look like the people that did these things to go to jail and for the pipes to be fixed. That's what justice would look like. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. We need to drink safely our waters and we can't. Well, I'm so glad that we had this conversation right now because not only am I'm here the best of my ability to support you 
and to make sure that we have mutual respect and that we have fairness, but also, you know, just be an advocate for justice because none of us like us what happened has happened here. We really don't like this. How well, the question I have for, so the question I have for you, can we trust you to do that? I hear you feel doubtful and skeptical. Yes. And some trust. Well, we heard so many people talking about this, but nobody never did anything. How can I trust you? Boy, I really appreciate that. It's hard to really trust me right now. And you're going to have a lot of doubt and skepticism. Um, Would this conversation be okay to be at least the first step towards trust? Because trust has not been met by you, by other people. But at least we're taking a step between you and I to have trust. Well, we can see what you can do and see if you keep your words. So that's important. And you're going to feel skeptical about integrity and you want to make sure I'm keeping, I'm keeping my word and doing the things I'm saying. There are some limitations about what I can do as a person as a frontline employee, because I'm not necessarily the decision maker, but let's you and I develop trust at least. Let's you and I work on mutual respect and consideration. Would that work for you? That works for me, but if we can, if you cannot do some of the stuff, it would be nice to have a connection to continue to move forward to get justice. I am really glad that you and I are on the same page around justice and about progress. And I really would like justice and progress to take place too. And uh, um, uh, we all have to fight together for this to take place in community. And I just, I'm just glad that it's the conflict isn't between you and I. Me too. <laughs> now, I, you know what? I really appreciate what happened, Emily, between the two of us. You actually took two of your important needs out for a spin the need for truth and the need for integrity. You took those two needs out for a spin and you role played right at me mm-hmm. and go, like, oh, yeah. let's let's bring this communication specialist i'm going to stay after him for a little while and and you and your emotions were working perfectly right there you were staying in the mix you were staying on point with that experience you were oh yeah i'm Mm -hmm. going to stay in there i can imagine what it would be like and you were literally transported back to 2011 with me to yes. work inside that room to make sure yep. that we had good sentences for people. Because if, if we don't get the feeling word and need word connected, what happens is, is, you know, a thing called eight years of bad therapy or, you know, 10 years of injustice. That's what tends to show up instead of going like, how do we get justice to happen sooner? How do we get fairness to happen sooner? How do we get accountability to happen sooner? How do we get restoration to happen sooner? And regrettably, um, unless this healthier dialogue takes place, what winds up happening is, is, that, is, is that we don't really need to do, uh, uh, we, we don't get the level of justice or mutual respect or consideration to take place. You just don't. You know? And that's and, too bad. And, and it, that's and it too becomes, bad. It becomes really, really just too bad because, see, See, you know, the people that made that decision made it from the place of financial security. They were looking for a cheaper water source and they were trying to save the city money. Well, is that a bad thing? Yeah, it's a shitty thing because they they weren't actually taking in consideration of what the experts were saying. And that's the problem. And it, it literally, you know, 
it was one of the events that turned our our country down the current path of feeling doubt and skepticism about truth and trust mm-hmm. with these you know with these you know situations and circumstances it's really 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 hard because you've got to be able to um not only take accountability, but do something past it to clean up the accountability. It's not, if so what if one person goes to jail, but all the other people are still stuck with bad pipes? That's the problem. You yes. Know? And you that's, know, that was the main issue. One mo- movement in that direction, it changes the course, changes the course of the city. But to be honest with you, that actually would have changed the course of our nation. That mm-hmm. one event, that one event, would have changed the course of our nation. Why? Michigan's a swing state. Yes, exactly. What a surprise. <laughs> so, 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 um, so the, a lot of times we're not able to face problems and situations unless we apply two new belief structures and we are diligent and, and persistent about these two new beliefs. And here they are. Two new beliefs. Here they're coming. Your audience is going to get on. I'm going to get them on the edge of their seat. Belief number one. Speak scary honesty. When something is scary and you need to be honest, bring honesty. That's the first belief. Scary Mm -hmm. honesty. Hey, listen, Emma, I've got some scary honesty I need to tell you. At least we're both knowing what it is. Yes. It's honest and it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's not between us. It's in front of us. I'm yep. being honest and it's scary for me to talk about the honesty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the first one. All the right. second one that keeps us in conflict is bring bad news early. Not I'm only going to be scary honesty, but it's as soon as I discovered it bring bad news early. And when people start to use that principle, those two principles, those two beliefs, a lot of change starts taking place really quick. Hey, listen, I have some scary honesty. We're going to be out of uh, money in the third quarter. Let's not pay attention. Let's be honest with you because I'm bringing you the bad news early. Yeah. Unless you change your marketing strategy. Yes. Unless you, bad news, you're out of money. Unless you change your sales narrative, mm-hmm. unless you increase your, you know, your, uh, what do you call it? Um, funnel, unless you put mm-hmm. more things at the top, yep. you ain't going to get stuff at the bottom. Yep. They got to be the right kind of person at the right price point. Yep. You know, wow. and that's the thing that is really, really important and really, really valuable to go after. So far, so good. That's amazing. I have a question for you. So if people want to reach out to you to, can they have a one-on-one? Or do you have a training? Yes. Do you have courses that people can take? I do. I do. I do have courses that people can take. I mm-hmm. have, I offer people three different levels of participation. Okay. They can work w- with me one-on-one uh, and I have a, a monthly um, offering that I do, I work it out with that person. And that offer is for a year working one-on-one with the person. Now, some people say, well, I just want the band-aid. Well, then I have a 10 hour 
band-aid package. It's only okay. going to be the band-aid, but it'll at least get you through the thing that needs the band-aid. Right? All right. All right. Then the second thing, so those are two things. The, the next thing has to do with a group coaching. So I do a group. I take a group of executives that work together. Usually the group runs. I have uh, right now I have two groups running and there are groups of seven, seven to 13, but most of the time I keep it towards seven. And that's also a monthly thing over a year because many times in the group, you might not have a big thing you're working on, but Joe's working on something and, Mm -hmm. oh, I need to pay attention to that in the next three months. So Joe's working out his issue and I'm getting benefit from it. (laughs) Yes. And so, so I have some uh, group work that I do for those. And then the last thing I have that's available is I have a online training called Communication U where I'm speaking on video and Mm -hmm. I take people through the various different components that I work with people on a daily basis, but you get the video and then I meet with a larger group to talk about that uh, a couple of times a month that I say, okay, you've been through this section. Great. Now we can talk about this. This is what this section is. Okay, great. This is what this section is. Okay, great. So then I work with thousand larger groups and, and companies who want their employees to have an experience with me will buy that. They'll say, I want all my employees to go and do the videos. And then you're going to talk to them once a month. And then you're going to debrief them and give them some assignments. And you're going to do question and answer. And we'll do that for 90 minutes. But I've signed all my 100 employees up. And we're going to do that, uh, have that experience with you. Do you have books as well? People can read I have a book that's coming out. The new book that's coming out is called um, The Emotional Sobriety Solution. And that's eventually going to be made into a course. But I'm getting the book out and that's getting by somewhere between June 1st and June 15. It'll be uh, out and available and ready to go. So can they get it via Amazon or where should you be getting them? that? That's where it is. It's not up quite yet. They can pre-order it if they want on my website, which is billsterly.com. And they, all they got to do is say, click new book. And then that, then it, then I, then you can be reminded when the book comes out and then you can get, you can purchase it and all that kind of thing. I'm going to get it. That's my gal. See? <laughs> all right. <laughs> sign up on the website, billsterly.com. There's all kinds I will. of and then I communication will. you, if you want to do some video trainings uh, and I do role plays and say, well, you know, you may want to think about this. Well, this is something you need to do too. And then what winds up happening is, is that that becomes something that your audience can really connect with and, and, uh, and contribute to. And I really feel appreciative of you having me on your podcast. How fun was this? Oh, it was super fun. Um, but I would like when your book's coming out, you said in June, Yes, that's correct. But you just okay. go on the website and then you can get on my database and I'll email you the information. What I would like to do is when your book's coming out, I will get the book and then I would like to have you back here on a podcast and have a conversation about the book as well. Awesome. Awesome. So just send me an email, send Vanessa an email I will. and, and we'll, we'll set something up in June and we'll oh, just yes. do a podcast focus, focus on that. Okay. Oh, yes, we do. Thank you so much, guys. You have to get 
get in touch with him because he's uh, it's awesome. I just spent it was supposed to be forty minutes, but it would pass the forty minutes. We, but he we was stuck on it. another twenty minutes. Then we that's fantastic. Good for you. Right. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Sorry. But uh, thank you so much, Bill. Uh, it's such a pleasure to meet you. And you're, oh my God, I, I want to poke more at your brain because there is more story behind it. We need to know more a little bit about who you are and uh, your, your journey because that's yeah, yeah, just scratched the surface here. But I want you back on the podcast for sure. All right. So, that thank sounds you great, so Emma. Much. Okay, more to come, okay? Oh, yes, we do. Thank you right. so much. Thanks, thanks for Take reaching care. out. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Oh.